Hey everybody, this is Charlie, and a little precursor to the episode today, this was recorded just before the 76ers and Celtics trade to get that number one pick for the Sixers. So, the order still stands for the mock draft, but just figured we would let you guys know that. Enjoy the show. Hello everyone and welcome to the Sunny and Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date with everything Phoenix Suns. I'm Mitch Krumpetich and today I'm joined by David McGraw. David, what do you think of my Chuck impression? Your Chuck impression is really good. <laughs> I, I will say that you don't have, you will have to get to your O's a little bit and see how you work there. But <laughs> In my opinion. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> It was hard to get through that without laughing, but I'm just realizing now that it's like, what are we, episode 74 here? We've heard the same thing for 74 episodes. I guess we didn't have it set exactly that way for the first little bit, but still, I mean, it's like, been a long time. At least probably like 71 episodes we've had the same <laughs> intro, so... <laughs> Make sure to get a hold of us on social media. Our Twitter is at Sunny and PHX Pod. Our email is Sunny and PHX Pod at gmail.com. And check us out over at our new host, the Deepish Thoughts Podcast Network, over at deepishthoughts.com. Thanks for listening to the Sunny and Phoenix Podcast. If you'd like to further support the show, you can head over to tpublic.com slash user slash Sunny and PHX. That's T E E public dot com slash user slash sunny in phx we've got t-shirts mugs phone cases all kinds of stuff you can get our famous cheese is warming up design or just one that says sunny in phx again tpublic.com slash user slash sunny in phx and go suns so the draft is coming up uh suns fans rejoice thursday june 22nd so just a few days away and we're going to give you the complete Suns draft preview right here. Uh, but let's start talking a little bit about two subjects kind of combined into one. And that is that we worked out a couple interesting guys first, Josh Jackson and Jonathan Isaac. And the really, really important part about that is after we worked out Jonathan Isaac, he canceled all of his workouts that weren't with teams with top four picks. So that's really interesting. The other interesting thing that we have to keep in mind is that there's a couple rumors swirling about trades or about picks being traded involving the Suns. The one that I think is the most realistic is that the Kings are looking to move up to the four spot and are willing to trade pick five and ten in order to do that. So that's one option. The other rumor that is slightly reasonable is the Suns trading up to number two with the Lakers, giving them four, and the Lakers would also give up Luau Dang's contract. So... That's a pretty interesting one as well that's swirling around. But um, do you think any of these trade rumors are reasonable at all, David? You know, honestly, I think that the only one that is kind of reasonable is the four for five and ten. And I think for us to do that, 
or for them to for let me rephrase that for the kings to actually do that they would have to think that we're going after fox and right. you know i think that this is the kings so you can never really know what they're going to do per se but right. <laughs> i think that they know we really don't want fox i think fox has expressed that he doesn't want to be here and i i think we don't really want him here as much as I like Fox and I'm kind of a little bit on that hype train. I think that obviously we have two or three other guys in mind at that four pick besides Fox. And right. I, I think that's kind of where we're going more of instead of with something like Fox, where we're trying to kind of force the King's hand to trade us. Right. And the other thing that is important to note in this potential trade is that the Suns worked out Zach Collins who, of course, I love. Former Zag, Zach Collins, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> just in case but, anyone uh, forgot. <laughs> but um, we worked him out and seemed to really like him. Seemed like he was really happy to be there. Thought he would be a good fit. And it's looking like he's going to go around the 10 spot. That's where Draft Express has him mocked right now. So if he is there at 10 and we really like Collins, maybe we do go through with that trade so we can get Collins and then uh, Tatum or maybe if Isaac is available at five or Fox or whoever at five. I know we also really liked Malik Monk. I wouldn't be surprised if we made that trade if we took Monk at five, actually. But uh, I don't know. Honestly, I don't see any of these trades happening. I think, you know, as dumb as the Kings are, we kind of got the best of them last year with the draft day trades. And I think they probably are smart enough to have learned their lesson. <laughs> I don't know. If you talk to R and B A, they think that Scal is the, but is they think that Scal is the better player right now than Marquis Chris and a better prospect. So. And that's, I, a thing. I've, I've told you guys this. The only thing that I care about on R and B A is that the toaster guy got to be on the float for the <laughs> Warriors winning. Like, that's so cool. But that's the only post I've looked at on RNBA for a while. You know, <laughs> that it's probably safer for you because I've probably had an aneurysm about three times in the last two weeks. So, <laughs> Yeah, this, this is a tough time of year for that subreddit. But um, shout out to RNBA underscore draft. That's where I'm looking this time of year. Definitely. Um, okay, anyway, let's also talk about some of the general NBA trade rumors because there's some pretty interesting ones out there. There really um, are. One of them includes Philadelphia trading up to number one in order to get Fultz. And there's a pretty funny picture of Joel Embiid uh, with like a – Markel Fultz name tag on a locker in the background that says trust the process. So, I mean, we all know that Joel Embiid is kind of like a jokester, but I just, I just thought that was funny that like they're already doing that kind of thing. So that's one that's out there. There, um, there is so much with that thing. I think we should just kind of focus on that one right now because yeah. there's so much with that. There's Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons followed each other on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. There's the Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid, I'm sorry, not Joel Embiid, my bad, um, with Dario Saric in front of the, like, 
workout locker and all this other stuff and oh that's who it there's was, the I dennis guess, uh, smith jr workout for the celtics randomly and like who knows what's going on and the po- the probability is, is that nothing's gonna happen right but the fact that markel fultz canceled his boston workout and instead f- was rerouted to philadelphia is kind of raising some flags that's a that's a pretty yeah. big like news piece yeah you're right um i don't i still think that all of this is like a smoke screen think about it boston is in this like dream scenario where they get the one pick from brooklyn like that trade happened forever ago the whole reason they're here is like still pretty amazing to me if i were them i would not be moving that pick yeah, I don't know. And then there is the talk about the Lakers trying to move up for that pick. And what would the Lakers even have to offer? Who knows? I think the only thing right. they actually have is the number two pick in Julius Randle. And mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, Boston does have a pretty reasonable reason if they think that they want to max Isaiah Thomas next summer. but mm-hmm. I, Or not or max isaiah thomas or not want to give up avery bradley whichever one of those um and you know maybe they just don't want Fultz or they want to get more draft picks but you can only have so many draft picks before you need a guy like Fultz. if i mean it would be like last year the 76ers trading ben simmons pick for the ability to possibly draft like number six this year as well as like number eight (laughs) next year like you don't do that you are going for that guy if the timberwolves would have traded the pick that got them cat people would have flipped out because like that kind of stuff doesn't happen and sure boston is a playoff team and they like athletic wings watch which is why they got jalen brown last year when they already had jay crowder but they like those kind of guys so it makes sense but it's a clear, like, I think it's an absolutely clear downgrade from getting Fultz to getting two picks, maybe, and Josh Jackson. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, Fultz is going to be really good, and we have to keep that in mind. He's got comps um, right now for, like, James Harden, Brandon Roy, like... Yeah, he's going to be good. He really is. It's just, it's that Ben Simmons effect a little bit where his team doesn't make the NCAA tournament, and so people are, like, not so sure about him. But Ben Simmons still went number one overall. Right. It's like, these guys are still really good. Just because they're the only really good player on their team doesn't make them less good. (laughs) Yeah, no, and, like... I don't know if they if they do this for some reason I think that a lot of Boston fans are going to be really mad because I think it's pretty much the consensus in that fan base that they want Fultz and that like Isaiah Thomas is great and they love him but I think they're sure just like most other people are that you can't win a championship with Isaiah Thomas as your best player right yeah um okay so now let's talk about one more this one's kind of out there but we're hearing a few rumors that boston might trade that number one pick in order to get jimmy butler from the bulls and that just goes right along with what you said about them liking those athletic wings even though they have jay crowder and jalen brown but i mean 
obviously Jimmy Butler is way better than both of those guys combined, but still like this is what we're hearing. And I kind of think it's a smoke screen, but whatever. What do you think? Yeah, I don't, I don't see this one happening. The proposed trade is a three way between Philadelphia and Boston and the bulls somehow don't get number one or number three in this, in this like trade scenario. Like that's not happening whatsoever. Right. Like right. the only way they're that the bulls are doing that is if they get Josh Jackson and they believe in Josh Jackson can be better than Jimmy Butler plus other picks. They're not going to do it for, you know, like a Boston fan being like Terry Rozier and Jay Crowder who says no. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, I think that one is the most out there of these trade rumors that we've seen. But just be aware, you're going to be hearing plenty more in the uh, coming days, next few days. So just get ready. Most of them probably won't happen. <laughs> it's that time of year. It's the most dramatic week of the season. And well, I mean, like that, this and trade deadline are the ones where everyone's going crazy yeah. and everyone's really excited. And well, and I think trade deadline might be a little bit more dramatic, but still, this is dramatic. So soak it in. This is more dramatic because of Lavar Ball, though. So there, oh. are, there are a lot of people that are hoping that something happens where it's like the Lakers pick Lonzo Ball, and then Lavar can be happy, and then they trade Lonzo Ball for like the Kings picks or something. <laughs> well. I was really hoping that the ball wouldn't drop on this episode, but I couldn't help it. I really couldn't help it. (laughs) Oh, well, it was bound to happen eventually. Uh, So I think that's about it for all of these rumors and guys we worked out. Interesting stuff, but let's move on to what people are probably most interested in. And that is, the mock draft. The annual so. Sunny and PHX <laughs> mock draft. The second annual Sunny and PHX lottery mock draft. And then the other two picks that the Suns have. <laughs> <laughs> the, the lottery <laughs> mock draft and then whatever else the Suns have. And we did the exact same thing last year. So yep. we're, we're traditionalists. As you know, we like to follow our routine. So uh, we we came up with... Uh, one mock draft together for the sake of time and just discussion. So let's go through this quickly. Number one, we both agreed Markel Fultz. We kind of just described why he should be one, so we don't need to talk too much on that. Yeah, no. Number two, we have Lonzo Ball. Again, pretty obvious. Yeah. As much hate as there is around him and his family, he's still really good. I have to remind myself that. <laughs> <laughs> we do have to remind ourselves that, but I think we do need to mention that there are a lot of mocks coming out right now where they're saying ball drops to like three or four and all this other stuff and that the Lakers are going to pick Jackson to try and spite the Celtics so that they don't be, like trade back and get Josh Jackson at three or something. Like there, There is a lot of smoke screeny stuff going on that is also stuff that we really didn't mention as much just recently but the right. lakers are drafting lonzo ball right this has <laughs> been a foregone conclusion and a thing that has been like the oh 
like the Lakers are going to try and get a top two pick to get Lonzo Ball, and then they got a top three, and then the lottery just gave them a top two. They are getting Lonzo Ball. Do not believe any of the smokescreen. Don't believe any of the rumors. They are getting Lonzo Ball, and they are pairing him up with Brandon Ingram and D'Angelo Russell, and that will be an interesting young core to watch. Yes, I completely agree. And by interesting, I mean I hope they fail. But still. <laughs> this is the Suns podcast after all. I didn't say like I'm excited to see it or anything. No, I know. All I said was it'd be interesting. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to go there. You're trying you to throw biases. You You're trying to throw biases here, Mitch. <laughs> As arguably the most biased member of the show, I wasn't trying to throw any biases. <laughs> I believe you. I believe um, you this time, so uh, <laughs> I won't take it to heart. Okay, good. Uh, so next, at number three, to Philadelphia, we have Josh Jackson. Again, this one was pretty unanimous. The first three and the last three were pretty easy for us. Yeah, I think. But uh, I think we're pretty. It gets harder. I think we're pretty unanimous on this stuff, and I think most people are pretty unanimous on this. Um, I think once it gets to four, it can be a little bit more interesting, but Josh Jackson is the third best player in this draft. And there's a lot of talk about Fox and Monk possibly jumping up there or someone else. But when you are in this situation, you draft the best player available and Josh Mm -hmm. Jackson will be able to help that Philadelphia core. And they have enough spacing. Joel El- Joel Embiid shoots threes. Dario Saric shoots three shoots threes. They have they will be able to get a point guard that can play defense and shoot threes. Ben Simmons will run point, and Josh Jackson will be able to run a little point forward as well. And right. they will be able to have enough ball handling and shooting to be able to make it work. Yeah, they will. And I want to stop for a second and just say that Dario Saric had a great season. Like, he's legit. I really like that guy. Yeah, he had a great season once Joel Embiid, like, went down and they didn't really have anything else to do but throw it to him. Right, but I still think he's going to be legit. We'll see. We'll see. I I mean, like, I think he'll be good. He'll be fine. I don't think he's going to be a star or anything. Yeah, but he'll he'll do a lot for the Sixers, I think. I, I think he is a perfect role player for to start for the Sixers. I, I yeah, will exactly. I will say that. Okay. Yeah. Uh okay, so next up at number four. This is where things got interesting. And we had kind of a tough time deciding on who to go with here. But just because of the news that broke that said Jonathan Isaac canceled all of his workouts that weren't with top four teams after working out with the Suns. We had him going to the Phoenix Suns. So with the fourth pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the Phoenix Suns select Jonathan Isaac yeah. from, from Florida State University. I think this and one's... I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I think this one's a little bit more interesting of where we could go. Um there's talk of Fox, there's talk, there's talk of Monk, there's talk of Tatum. But, you know, I think that the Suns are very interested in kind of positionless guys, kind of ways yeah. for us to be athletic and be able to switch a bunch and all these other things. And we talked about it on the podcast, about the possibility of a 
three-person rotation and starting all three at the same time of Marquise Chris, Dragon Bender, and Jonathan Isaac. And the ability for everyone to kind of pass, everyone to kind of be able to space, some shot-blocking ability, some defensive ability. Like, we've, we've talked about it on the pod. And even though yeah. it is kind of like the deciding factor for us was the Jonathan Isaac news, I think that this is something we could really do. Tatum, yeah. Tatum is kind of all, we already kind of have him, and his name is TJ Warren. Just smaller. Yeah, like T, like TJ Warren, a little smaller, but he basically we want TJ to do the same things, and right. I think we still have a lot of faith in TJ, and for those reasons alone, while I think that gives Isaac the edge over Tatum. Right, I agree with that, and. I'm I'm really interested to see where TJ is going to fit into what we're doing because it's looking like we're going to draft. I mean, unless we draft Fox, like even if we draft Monk or Tatum or Isaac, like any of those guys, it's like, what is TJ's role going to be? And I think what's going to have to happen is he's going to have to carve out his own role a little bit, but we already know he can do that. That's kind of what he's done for his whole career. So I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, TJ is a guy that doesn't get his number called, but will go out there and make plays and get his numbers and and work. And I think that's what we're going to ask him to continue to do. And I think that he, in the first couple games of the season before the head injury and towards the end of the season, kind of solidified his role a little bit. And I think I think we're confident in him. And not just the podcast, I mean the actual front office. Right. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. So, uh, moving on from our pick at number five, that's where we have De'Aaron Fox going. And this is interesting because Sacramento does really want this guy. And Fox has been pretty vocal that he doesn't want to play in Phoenix. Um, I think the only reason that we're doing anything about this guy is just to try to get the Kings to trade up. But I think that's why you're hearing that rumor. I really don't think it's going to happen. But I think Fox would be a good fit in Sacramento. Yeah, I think that with the smoke screens and all these other stuff about Fox possibly going for, I legitimately think it is to try and get the Kings to trade up. But I think what's more telling is Fox doesn't want to come here because I think that the front office is still saying, like, look, if we drafted a point guard, you would have to first earn your role because Tyler Ulis did that. Right. And two, like, you'd probably be playing some shooting guard. You'd probably be playing – you would have to earn those minutes. And, like, I don't think – I think Fox wants to come in and start right away. And I don't think yeah. the Suns are willing to let that happen and still have Bloodstone and Ulis penciled in as the or starter and bench guy. Right. And – we have to keep reminding ourselves that Eric Bledsoe had the best year of his career last year. I really don't think he's going anywhere. So I, I see where Fox is coming from. But uh, another Kentucky guard, that would be an interesting fit. <laughs> Can't ignore that. True. And, you know, it, it'd be an interesting fit. But I think that What's going to be more interesting is in Sacramento trying to see Buddy Heald and Fox kind of mesh together and see how that works out. Yeah, definitely. 
So now we've got the number six pick, and we said it would be Malik Monk. So Malik Monk going to the Magic. I mean, the Magic need anyone they can get. And Monk is one of those guys that has been rising on draft boards. The Suns really like him. Even if we drafted him at four, even though that's not what we predicted, I wouldn't be shocked if we did that, just because I know we really liked him from his workout. But uh, he's going to be good. I really do think he'll be a good player. You know, I'm still kind of torn on Monk, but I I had a real hard time, honestly, not putting Tatum at number six. But in the end, I really think the Magic need a lot more help at guard than they do at forward. and. That's kind of where my decision-making came here when we were talking about this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Monk has the potential to be good, but he also could turn into a guy can only score. And scoring's good. Scoring's half a basketball. But, you know, you kind of have to be able to facilitate really well. And I think that Monk's going to have a tough time because I think whatever team he goes to is going to want him to play point guard. But if he goes to the Magic, and you've already got Alfred Payton who can't shoot to save his life, putting Monk next to him could work out. I legitimately think that Alfred Payton goes to the bench and he shares the backcourt with uh, Fournier. Really? Yes. That, that's kind of where wow. I see this going. I think that Monk wow. is going to be played at point guard and give them extra spacing next to Fournier and let the spacing P there for Aaron Gordon, really. That would be interesting. Well, the Magic are... I don't even know what to make of the Magic. They're very confusing. So uh, let's move to number seven. And this is where we have Jason Tatum going. Um, Timberwolves, you know, they're... We kind of talked about this a while back before the season started, they're a piece or two away from being a playoff team. And Jason Tatum gives them a lot of offense. We've talked about how his defense is a little bit lacking, kind of like that whole Timberwolves team, aside from Ricky Rubio. But um, they're, if, uh, if Tatum goes to the Timberwolves, you've got Thibodeau who can like really knock that defensive sense into those young guys like Towns and, then uh tatum (laughs) i was like who am i talking about (laughs) but anyway (laughs) um i think that could be a really interesting fit to have him in that front court right next to towns yeah you know i think that we have talked about tatum being a tweener and that he should possibly just try and push himself to be a four i think this is a move for the timberwolves where they could go either way Do they believe that Andrew Wiggins is a small forward for the future, or do they think he's more of a two and would be better guarding twos? Or do they think that he is a three and that um, uh, Zach Levine, I almost forgot his name, that Zach Levine is the two of the future and they want Tatum to come off the bench at first but put on a little bit of weight and be able to become a four to give them a lot more spacing and in all honesty that's kind of what they need i know they just gave some money to gorgie dang that is probably a little bit too much money but whatever but dude is not a power forward and towns is not a power forward they're just playing two centers 
and Gorgie right. really needs to come off the bench, and they need some sort of shot, not kind of shot creator, but also just someone that can shoot and help space the floor. So that way, Wiggins' um, weaknesses from the three pointer aren't going to be really shown as much, as well as Rubio's if he's around or you know, Chris Dunn or any other point guard they might get or pick up. Right. And I think Tatum's game suits the NBA for him to play the four. He's got a good post game. He can also stretch stretch the floor and shoot the three. So I think he'd be a good fit in Minnesota. Completely agree. Um, so next up at number eight, we have Dennis Smith Jr. going to the Knicks. Um, the Knicks need guards and Smith Jr. is one of those guys NC State just like TJ Warren flew under the radar a little bit throughout the season but he's a really good player who could make an impact immediately in New York yeah I think his biggest comparison is someone like an Eric Bledsoe and it's already kind of nervous some people are about a knee injury that he already had he's already I think torn his ACL or I, don't, like I think that. it was ACL or MCL. It was one of those. But, you know, I think that Smith goes here. I don't think that – I know a lot of people are high on Smith. I think that people should be looking at the French dude, uh, Nitlika or Nitlikina or Nilikina or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I think people should be looking at him more as a better prospect and should possibly be ahead of Tatum. Or not Tatum, sorry, Smith. Should probably be ahead of Smith. But I think that – when you're the Knicks, you're probably going for a bigger name, and I think Smith is that bigger yeah. name. The Knicks do love those point guards with histories of knee injuries. They really do. They really do. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so next up, at number nine, <laughs> we have – oh, here we go. <laughs> Got to prep myself. Frank Nilit <laughs> – Okay, cut that. <laughs> Frank Nilakina. Nit- what? Nilakina. <laughs> I had it. Nilakina. Yeah. Frank Nilakina. We're going with Nilakina. Um he's from France. He like David said, he might be a better prospect than Dennis Smith. Um first first international guy that we have in our uh, mock lottery so that's kind of interesting usually we get uh one of those international players going in the top five or so but uh not this year but um as david kindly mentioned to me in a clip that might not be on this episode the mavericks guards right now are yogi farrell and seth curry not to be confused with two-time nba champion steph curry it's his brother I thought you were going to say not that. to be confused with Del Curry. Or Del Curry. But <laughs> anyway, the Mavs need help at guard big time. And this French prospect could really make an immediate impact. <laughs> yeah, so I think that Smith Jr. or Nilakina right here are what the Mavs are really hoping for. I think... A lot of people kind of want them to pick Markinen because they're like, oh, he could be the next Dirk. And right. I've kind of fallen off that comp and the com- 
comparison I kind of look at more is Markinen and the more possibilities, someone like a Ryan Anderson, which isn't bad, but I think you go with the guy with the more upside. And right. this this Sprank dude has really awesome measurables that have come out. He has a really good chance to be a strong defensive guard, and I like him a lot and think that pairing him with a core of you know, they've got Harrison Barnes. They've got Seth Curry, who is playing pretty well. I don't know if Yogi Ferrell will still be there or not. We'll kind of still have to wait and see as a possibility off the bench. They have um, Justin Anderson. No, not Justin Anderson. Um, Dwight Powell? Powell? Yeah. Uh-huh, Powell. They have, him. Um, they have Nerlens Noel that they're going to re-sign this offseason. They have a bunch of interesting young pieces and the ability to rebuild while also being competitive while Dirk is still around. Yeah, I like that. Uh, So next up at 10, we have my boy, former Gonzaga Bulldog, Zach Collins. I really, really like Collins. And when we worked him out, I was super excited. The only way we get him is if we make that trade with the Kings to get five and 10, like I've said before, but I think he's going to be great, great two-way player. Um, this is how I've been explaining him to people. He is the perfect center for the modern NBA because he can shoot. He still plays good defense and can protect the rim, but he can run. He can get out in transition and run. So I really like Collins. I think he's going to be a great player in the NBA. Um, Gonzaga's kind of having this trend lately where for a long time – we had a lot of guys who were not good in the NBA. See Adam Morrison and those kind of guys. But now we've got Sabonis, Kelly Olynyk, David, I know you don't like him, but I'm going to I'm going to scratch out Kelly Olynyk from this podcast. He is decent. Um but yeah, I I mainly mean Sabonis and now Collins. Collins is Gonzaga's first and only one and done, so that says a lot about how good he is. And I'm really interesting to see how he does. But, again, in Sacramento, I think it would be good. I mean, they have Willie Cauley-Stein, but Willie Cauley-Stein has, like, no offense. Collins is a two-way kind of guy. He could play the four a little bit, but I think he's just the perfect five for the modern NBA. Yeah, you know, I think that Collins is kind of, at a worst, probably going to be Ed Davis which is not yeah. a bad thing, which is not a bad thing. Ed Davis is a pretty good backup in this league and mm-hmm. just an athletic guy, rim protector, just go pick and roll, kind of that. But obviously right. Collins has the potential to be more than that, is the potential to be a good starter in this league. I like Collins a lot. I would, I would be probably pretty happy if – the Suns traded for five and ten, and then got Isaac and Collins. And while that'd be so cool, while we probably <laughs> like, I don't think that's as much of a thing. I I would be pretty excited about that, and that would mean that we had Collins learning from Tyson Chandler. I would buy that jersey so fast. <laughs> well, like if that happens, I mean, I'm just gonna have my credit card ready during the draft <laughs> just in case. <laughs> it wouldn't be the worst jersey to buy. I'll say that. No, it wouldn't. I could get an Alex Len jersey. <laughs> Hopefully they stop making those soon. Yes. 
Um, okay. Anyway, though, number 11. We have Lowry Markkinen going here. We have him falling. I can really see this happening. And we know how the Hornets feel about white big men. So there you go. That is literally our biggest reason why we did this. And I, I told Mitch when we were doing it that I think Markkinen is going to drop. And that why don't we be a little bold and have him drop a little bit. And you know, I, could, I can't see him dropping anywhere past this because I think he's just he's he's at least the 11th best player in this draft at least so i think that he can't really drop that farther back down back down and i didn't want to put anyone else ahead of him so i told mitch hey let's just have our excuse be that charlotte likes white big men and then just put him there (laughs) because why not we were good and through like the top 10 last year or top nine last year we were pretty good like spot on except for like one thing so i'm okay with like having that and possibly having our like kind of top 10 top 11 being a, the same players at least than like throwing some other person in there and being that right um and then just to wrap things up for this lottery mock draft we kept 12 13 and 14 the same as draft express has it currently the last update was june 15th at eleven fifty-one a.m if you're curious at which one I'm looking at. Um, it has Donovan Mitchell going 12 to the Pistons. He's going to be legit. Luke Kennard going 13 to the Nuggets. And all I hear about him is that he's rising. But I Duke players, aside from Tatum, like I think Tatum will be good. And then you've got Kyrie. But for the most part, oh, and Grant Hill. But whatever. I mean, J.J. Redick has gotten better every year in the league. Okay, fine. My argument just goes out the window. I just don't like Duke, okay? (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's 100% fair. And, like, let's just, what, 14 is John Collins. We have It's the same as Draft Express that they did on the 15th. Kennard, I could definitely see jumping to kind of like 12. But I think Mitchell is going to be probably pretty good and... I wouldn't be surprised if Markinen fell to maybe 12 and Mitchell jumped to Charlotte because they really don't right. need another big man. They kind of are good there, but I think Markinen's just better than Mitchell and has more potential. I think Mitchell's going to be mm. good, but uh, I, I could see kind of Mitchell and then Markinen. Kennard, I think, is probably I – don't, I don't think he can get any higher up than 13 because if someone does, then someone's making a bad uh, – not a bad mistake, but someone's messing up. Right. Yep. I agree with you there. So now we're going to do the same thing we did last year and talk about the potential players that we could pick with our other two picks in this draft. We have the 32nd pick, which like last year could be one of those guys who's essentially a first round pick. So that's cool. I love picking in that range. And then we have 54. And there's a couple guys at 54 that I do like. So uh, let's get started at 32. There's a few guys around here that we've worked out, including Kyle Kuzma from Utah, uh, Matthias Lasor, Lasort, however you say it, and Jordan Bell from Oregon. Draft Express has us mocked taking Tony Bradley, the freshman center from UNC, which I can totally see. So any of those guys would be really cool. And I think that we've just been planning for these couple picks and 
you know, I, I say this every year, but I really trust the Suns draft process because we've made some really great decisions, especially in this range over the past couple years. Yeah, you know, um, we've made a good decision. I won't say the year before. Well, I mean, I guess we we got John Lure, but that was really just a get him for a year and see what happens. Um, yeah, that's true. But getting Tyler Ulis last year kind of boosted our confidence a bit, and there is the potential that a first-round guy drops and a couple of first-round guys drop, and we can get him here. Um, I think that if we do something like four or we get five and ten then it's a possibility we don't have this pick right whereas there's also a possibility that anything that we say right now could be thrown out the window especially if we end up drafting at five and ten something like isaac and collins then we really don't need a big here but right if we're just getting isaac or just getting fox or anything like that then we're definitely going to need some sort of big. And that's why I kind of am leaning towards either Bradley or Bell. I I know I kind of said last week that I don't think Bell would be able to carve out a role, but I really want him to and would really love for him to get some sort of backup center, some backup center minutes and maybe find, maybe carve out that role on the Suns because I'm, I'm just a big fan of Bell. I think he's athletic. I think he has the potential to be a good bench shot blocker. So that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. Right. Yeah, I'd be cool with pretty much any of those guys. Um, And then we've got 54. There's a few guys that we also worked out here. Wesley Owundu is one of them. And then two guys that I like are uh, Jaron Blossom Game from Clemson. That's a great name, first off. And Dwayne Bacon also a great name from Florida state. Um, Blossom game is like a three slash four. He's six, seven. Um, kind of like what we're talking about with Tatum can kind of play either spot. Um, Bacon is more of just a straight up small forward six, five, but he's got a six, 10 wingspan. And then a wound is a shooting guard, but he's six, seven. So he'd be like a backup shooting guard for us. And that might make it easier to move Brandon Knight. Well, I mean, it's already hard just because of the contract, but whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, any of those guys I'd be cool with. I really like Dwayne Bacon, though. He's where Draft Express has us – He Draft Express has us mocked taking him at 54, and I'd be fine with that. But any of those guys, there's, there's a little bit of talent – uh, at the end of this draft, including my boy, former Gonzaga Bulldog Nigel Williams Goss. So uh, he's mocked to go 58 to the Knicks right now, but 54, only four picks away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with 54, uh, really 32 or 54, I think we really need to pick up a wing, especially with kind of yeah. how we're saying that we should pick Isaac. And I think 54 here getting some sort of other wing wouldn't be a bad idea. That's kind of why I'm kind of leaning that we should probably go for a woundu, but you know bacon wouldn't be that bad of an idea either. But I think those guys are also kind of leaning more towards four. And that's all. If we are looking at like a bacon or a blossom game, it could also mean that we are looking towards someone like Jawan Evans at the 32 pick. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
a lot of well obviously the 54 pick will depend on that yeah and i mean like 54 pick could also just be a d leaguer that doesn't get roster minutes like right right. we're trying to think more of like depth here and things like that not necessarily like oh this person has a shot at being like a starter or anything like that we're looking for like someone to kind of just give us depth maybe be able to use one of these guys to help unload brandon knight because i think we're still trying to do that and kind of just trying to go there yep i agree with you um but i think that will just about do it unless you have anything else um i mean since last we did have the warriors calves last game oh yeah and i I don't really think there's anything to talk about there i think we're all pretty spot on on saying that we felt that the warriors were gonna win there's a bunch of banter now between draymond and lebron going back and forth about how lebron said that he did he has never been on a super team and all this nonsense (laughs) that really just so dumb really just got me it was part of one of those aneurysms but there's been a lot there's been a lot of talk and friendly back and forth going on and also LeBron saying that the only people that could beat him in the post are Shaq and Jesus. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Which, <laughs> there have been a lot of guys that have scored on LeBron in the post, so maybe, I, I know he's trying to be, like, funny or whatever, but, like, maybe he should have thought about, anyways, there's a lot of stuff yeah. we could technically talk about, but this is draft, this is what we care about, this is what we've cared about since the playoffs have happened. We've just been waiting right. for this to happen and hurry up and come. This is what Suns fans live for, <laughs> unfortunately. Right now, right now, for at least probably another year. Yeah, pretty much. But, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it. So let's wrap things up the way we always do, with David's Comic Book Corner and My Metal Minute. So, David, take it away. Yeah, you know, um... There's, there's been some stuff that I've, I've been reading. I know, shocker. Um, <laughs> I read a book called Superman Sacrifice. It's by a couple different writers. It's really like a couple different issues thrown across um, some different stuff. And it's just kind of one short little story. It was right before New 52 happened. It's written predominantly by Greg Rucka or at least he's the first name kind of build and there's at least two issues of his in there and it's kind of this idea of what if superman got brainwashed and like what would happen and it's also kind of a backup or supporting characters mainly being in the story are batman and wonder woman and kind of the friendship there as kind of a crux so it's kind of it's pretty interesting and i thought it was like I, th- I really thought it was interesting i guess is what i'll say um it's not as bad as i thought it was gonna be it's not necessarily like a super good story but it's really interesting and has an interesting concept with emotions and stuff i guess so i'll just throw that out there it's prop i there's not much else that i've read this week so i'll go with superman sacrifice by greg rucka and a bunch of other people all right very cool uh what i'm gonna plug this week is the new Thy Art is Murder single, Slaves Beyond Death, came out on June 16th, and it's super heavy. Thy Art is Murder is like the top of the deathcore world right now, but this single 
is a lot more straight up death metal than a lot of their other stuff, which I'm super into. I think it's great. The song has been receiving some criticism from fans, but I'm just like, what the heck? It's a single. You know this album is going to be amazing, and this song is great. Just because it's fast and doesn't have much melody, it's death metal. What, what do you expect? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, check that out. Super heavy. I'm really excited for that new album. It's supposed to come out in August, and I can't wait. All right. Is, but, is this where we predict where what Chuck would plug? Well, maybe his AC. I know it's been really hot down there. Oh, my gosh. It's... It has been. It has been. I I was trying to think of what he's talked to us about, and I think, I don't know, I don't think Game of Thrones has had anything new. I wouldn't know, but I'm pretty sure that's not a thing. Um, Let's, he's. You know what he's going to plug is Game of Zones. No, he's because not. Because that's hilarious. No, he's not. That, that stuff is funny. That stuff's awful. You don't like I it? Don't I like think it. it's funny. I don't like it at all. The Mike D'Antoni one was really funny. I think funny. it's so dumb. You have to admit. I, I just, uh, sometimes I hate being a basketball fan. It's the D'Antoni one was really good. I agree to disagree. Oh my gosh. Okay, fine. Wow. Chuck's not even here and he's dividing the podcast. <laughs> he's tearing us apart. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for tuning in. Catch up with us next week where we will be reviewing all the results of the draft. I know that we can't wait to to watch this and we'll all enjoy it um i'm sure we'll be tweeting a little bit so make sure to follow us there and as always go suns